because there's no consequences, Brian, and it's just the parent telling you the kids are going to get together and they're going to go to that damn lagoon. But now what I say is there's a creepy old man that lives up there. And when the fog comes, that creepy old man comes out. And I tell you what, you got to keep your eye because he ate a kid's leg in 1957. Now what I did, Brian, is I added a level of detail and complexity that was in this story. And now some part of you goes, wow, I can believe that. I remember that one-legged kid that I saw at the fair. Okay, the idea is that I make it close enough to be plausible and it's memorable. What do we talk about in class? Making a sticky memory. So the story creates the sticky memory but then people falsely believe it's true now i could tell you about krampus i could tell you about uh trigger warning welcome to the left of greg podcast hello and thank you for tuning in to the left of greg podcast i'm brian Marin, the host and creator of the show as always i will be joined by human behavior expert mr greg williams who the show is affectionately named after Here on The Left of the Greg Show, our goal is to increase your advanced critical thinking ability through a better understanding of what we call human behavior, pattern recognition, and analysis. If you'd like to find out more about what that is, you can check the episode details. If you have any questions or would like us to cover a specific topic, please reach out to us at leftofgreg at gmail.com. Today, Greg and I are teaching you how to hunt the elusive killer Bigfoot. The method we are using to hunt this creature is, of course, our own selective reality. So for today's show, we're talking about the different cognition biases that affect our ability to evaluate information and why those biases occur. Later in the episode, we discuss a number of ways to help combat the unconscious effects of the different mental processes that we cannot control. Please do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find the links in the episode details. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends about it. Thanks for tuning in and we hope you enjoy the show. Well, good morning, Greg. This is our first uh, recording post Greg's 60th birthday celebration. So oh, it changed everything, by the way, <laughs> just so you know. Which, That's great. So, so we're back after right, it where you, you actually took a couple days off, which, which I was in a row happy for, for you that, forever. that you did because you, you needed that and deserved it. So welcome back. Um, and today... We're going to be talking about um, things that we've talked about before when it comes to cognition biases, how we think, how we make decisions, right, and how that can get corrupted. But I actually wanted to throw to you to start it off because this kind of idea is sort of, which some of it we talked about before, but not in the manner in which we are today. Uh, It came, you know, via email. You said, hey, I was watching this, blah, blah. I was like, okay, this is a great story to start with. So I wanted to throw to you to kind of start where this discussion came from, and then we can kind of jump right into it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And and we've there's nothing on the face of the planet that we haven't discussed or we can't discuss in the lens through the lenses of HBPRNA. So right. this is an interesting one. Uh, Charlie and I, uh, we took two days off from my 60th. Uh, we didn't have uh, uh, emails or phones or anything for those 48 hours, which made it amazing. We came back. We were pretty exhausted after our uh, uh, return through the mountains. Brian, you saw some of those great photos. Feel free if you want to post one of those uh, uh, coming back through the pass. We finally got home. And we were exhausted. So we put our feet up and uh, uh, paging through the ridiculousness on, on television. And there was a series called Alaskan Killer Bigfoot. And so the greatest thing about that is that, one, we, you know, uh, uh, we like to look at the Alaskan uh, home sales realty shows, you know. And then uh, Bigfoot, of course. 
But uh, just like uh, the ghost that killed somebody, I, I don't remember a Bigfoot killing somebody. So I had to tune in. I mean, my uh, interest got the best of me there. And uh, so Shelly and I are watching. And the very first thing uh, uh, that comes on uh, is that they find this uh, uh, stone obelisk that's off the, the port that's in the trees. And uh, uh, the people are coming up with these ridiculous conclusions on why this obelisk is here. And it's a ward off evil. It's to warn the people. It's a, And what it is, is it's in line with the harbor. And you can actually see the marks around it where people had put chains and ropes on it before uh, because they were tying off boats. You get what I'm saying? So uh, uh, I look at Shelly and we're laughing about it. And she mentions that, hey, that's been used for millennia. So I, I have my phone in my hand because I, I got 700 messages in the two days I was off. And I just enter a quick search. And sure enough, obelisk, it goes back to Greek ports, shows the stuff. So it's been around forever. So we're smiling and laughing about that. So the next one comes up. And, and the, the next one that they show is scat, which is poop, animal yeah. poop that's yeah. on a trail. And it's clearly the very first time they show it. Shelly and I look at each other and say, that's wolf poop. We've seen it before. And when you look at wolf poop, it looks rubbery and waxy and it's dark and black and it's extruded through a, a sphincter. So it's got a characteristic taper. There's hair and different bones and everything from what the animal ate. And if, if you folks have ever seen a fox, it's a big fox. Or if you've seen coyote, it's a bigger coyote and much darker but it's clear what it is brian immediately what yeah. it is and so i go to google images and i bring up wolf poop you know and i show it to shelly and the picture is virtually identical to the live action photo that they're showing on tv and the experts that are around kneeling and looking at it go what could this be we've never <laughs> seen anything like this before clearly this is unprecedented right so shelly laughs and says hey we're two for two and the idea is that we brought up the question, okay, what's – the guy says in the episode, you know what, this has got to be some otherworldly uh, uh, scat from some mystic creature because you can't fake evidence like that. Well, if you're not reading what the real evidence is, Brian, look, I want to go far afield here to piss everybody off early. Uh, you're wearing an Axon body camera, and everybody goes, whatever you see on the camera is exactly what happened. No, because you're not oh, getting the full 360 yeah, of what's not going full, on. It's not everything the, that happens. The smell, yeah. the feel, yeah. the anxiety that goes. And you know how I can prove that to you? I can prove that to you with the story of the gosh damn ghost fish. So we've got this old mine back on the ranch, and the mine had been flooded in by this series of tributaries that come down and, and feed uh, uh, into the Savoya River, C-E-B-O-L-L-A, uh, uh, name from the Spanish that uh, settled the area. There was a lot of wild onions and th they could eat as they were going along the river. So in this pond, and the pond is probably as big as the room that I'm in. So probably uh, 40 feet by uh, 60 feet. And then it goes out with swamp area that's on there and it's very deep. So one day take Nico up there. Nico's just a kid. We're going to do some fly fishing. And there's always some big trout that, that camp out in those deep waters. And as we're fishing, Brian, I see a skeleton fish swim by. Not not lying. It's the skeleton, the actual bones of a fish like you would see in a I, flipping I cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get what I'm trying to say? <laughs> or it's a fish grill, and it's yeah. swimming by under the water, right? So I look, and I go, okay, this is great. Somebody's playing a trick on me, and they yeah. spent the money. So I look around, and the fish swims by again. So we're fly fishing, and a fish surfaces and swims by. Brian, I was stymied, and I was starting to believe in the ghost fish 
until I thought about it for a minute and I said, okay, what am I missing? And I opened up my aperture and I noticed that every time the ghost fish appeared, there was a fish in front of it that was very much alive. And what happened is somebody that had been fishing up there had used a system with a Carolina rig or whatever you call it that had two hooks on it, Brian, and both were baited. So the one fish bit it and ate it and he survived. The other fish that was being drugged along by the first fish died and decomposed in the water. So what you couldn't see is the fishing line, fishing line, but the one fish was pulling the ghost fish behind him. Brian, it was so real and so realistic that it, for a minute, you had to take a knee yeah. and look and go, what am I really seeing? But just like this gosh damn series of the last and killer Bigfoot, they said the Bigfoot homicides were what drove the people out. Well, then the very simple search of the Port Chatham area showed that what drove the people out was that the highway moved. Okay. The <laughs> yeah. fish started, you know, stopped coming into the harbor and the people had to go look for better paying jobs. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So the, the question is that how would a person cling to an opinion? Right. Even though the facts are directly contradictory and disprove their initial faulty hypothesis. Does that make sense? That's yes. where I wanted to, to throw it on the table today. So, yeah. And, and that's a, that's a great kind of um, a lead-in story to the different types of, uh, you know, cognitive factors that affect the way we not only perceive and information, um, but then how we can rapidly establish an opinion for a number yeah. of reasons. One, mostly we want to be right and our brain is lazy. And I mean, meaning we're not even consciously aware that these processes are happening. This is completely unconsciously uh, uh, happening which most of it's, you know, tied back to survival. Or if you're going to use a theory to explain it, it better have something to do with survival because those are the you only ones that are typically stand the test of time because they work. You can come up with whatever, uh, uh, you know, thing you want to call something, but if it doesn't have to do with, with, prim with your primitive brain, so to speak, then, then yep. it's usually junk. And so, you know, you uh, again. We if, if we always make that it's the X Files uh, joke. Remember, you know, Mulder was always the one who said, "You know, people want to believe, right? We right. we want to believe this is true, so we will." But you know, you you bring up another things. You, you know, even in the face of contradictory evidence, it's very difficult for us to change our mind. So that's kind of you know, there's a whole bunch of different factors behind that, Greg. So let's kind of jump into to why that is before we get into some things you could sort of do to counter that. Now, no, 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 when I say counter it, it, like you have to realize you can only do so much. So when we get into cognition biases, which there's like what now, like 3 million of them. I mean, every, what, what's the yeah, joke you every, make? Every, what you say the graduate student has to name one every, before they graduate. Every graduate right? student in yeah. you know psychology or neuroscience has to come up with three before they can graduate. I mean, uh, you know, it's, and, and what they are is they're all, many of them are very similar. They're just a, a different explanation of the same thing um, exactly. in a different, in a different context. And you're like, oh, right, okay. Right. Uh, which a lot of it comes down to, you know, confirmation bias and fundamental attribution error. That's stuff we talk about because, you know, it's such a great way to explain how these things work. And, and when we get into those types of biases, you know, real true cognition biases, there's not a whole lot you can do about it other than know that it exists Precisely. know that it's affecting you and attempt to sort of counter that in some way uh, with logic and reason and, and, and evaluating, weighing out evidence. But but it's really difficult, right? It, like uh, for, for everyone or, or people who are really good at it in one area 
completely suck at it in another area of their life. So so it, it's very hard. So it's important to point that out, I think. So I just coined a term, Brian, the, the inability go. to do what you just said properly. We'll call it Aristotle's Dilemma. No, and, you got to get our own names Oh, oh Brian and Greg. The, the, Brian the, and Greg's well, we should have Aristotle's two. dilemma. <laughs> it should be. I mean, think the, about it. The you Greg and Brian effect. Shit. The Greg exactly. and Brian effect, there, and there then, which is which is different than the Brian and Greg effect. Those well, are of two course, different. They're ones. almost almost uh, at opposite opposite <laughs> ends of the spectrum. So let's let's talk brain science one hundred and one and yeah. and simplify everything. All right. So your amygdala have been around longer than your PFC, your prefrontal cortex, and your amygdala hate risk. Uh, uh, changing your mind is hard. Uh, people don't like to change your mind. And the way that your amygdala looks at the situation is so close to binary, it's funny. Yeah. Because what it does is it says, stay the course. What you're doing right now, being sedentary, not moving around unless you have to, is a great survival strategy. Mm -hmm. okay? Now, your PFC is your thinking brain, your nervous right. brain. That's, that's a good idea, Ferry. Yeah, yeah. And it's thinking <laughs> of long-term benefits. Long-term consequences, right versus wrong, risk and reward. It's all those wonderful executive functions. And the PFC is willing to risk. That's what makes the kids get out of the, the nest. That's what makes the son stand up to the father. The daughter tell the mother, I hate you. Those things are, are chemical uh, imbalances in the developing brain that force you to go out and face your environment. Now, most of them are amygdala-based, which means that most of them are just uh, uh, for you to breed, for you to procreate, for you to, to uh, forage, you get what I'm saying, to hunt, to improve your chances. But what the PFC does is the PFC starts making distinctions uh, uh, he or she is pretty, they'll make prettier babies, which will make more money, which will be important in the future. Do you understand the difference there, Brian? Right. So one is one is just literally uh, cut and dried, my safety, uh, uh, my uh, uh, feeding, my fighting when I have to. And the other one is thinking about things and saying, how will this affect me in the long term? So if we understand that changing our mind is hard, and we understand that we've got two different parts of our brain pulling at us all the time, and one is you uniquely and distinctly and deliberately thinking about our safety and security, we understand where dilemmas come from. And so I'll give you a quick example. Flipping a coin. You flip a coin, it's a 50-50 chance. That's it. There, there yeah. is no other science yeah, other than it's a 50-50 yeah. chance. So now if I flip the coin and I got three heads in a row, it, a neophyte, a person that doesn't think yeah, scientifically, well, is going to go, you're due. Oh, you got, you're due for a net for, for You're due tails. for a tails. Yeah. Would, would I be able in a certain room with a certain amount of people to get them to bet on the outcome? Yeah, yes. absolutely. You know That's what? how casinos exist. <laughs> That's So what did we just name? Yeah. We just took the difference between your amygdala, which would grab the coin you're flipping and run and use it to buy something. Or the PFC, which would say, damn, I think that guy's on a streak. I think it's going to come up heads again. Yeah. And, and the idea is it can't come up heads. It's only 50-50. But you're going to get a person, Brian, that tells you I'm wrong and statistics will bear me out. So what are we saying? We're saying there is no effing ghost fish, that the camera doesn't show you everything, that guess what, uh, 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 Alaskan Bigfoot, you're not a murderer because there was no missing people and no uh, uh, murder. And, and guess what? People go missing all the time, Brian. Yeah, all the and, time. And very few uh, uh, instances uh, are directly related to a Sasquatch. You, you get where I'm going? So, so this goes right to the heart of the issue of people being faced with logic and science and fact, but still would go to great lengths to try to 
to prove that you are wrong or I am. So, and, and you, you brought up a good point. Like when you come across stuff like that, it's a conflicting information. It, it does release, um, it, it, it gives you a sense of anxiety, right? And so that releases yes. different electrochemical neurotransmitters in your body that are no different almost the same as fear. So it's not that like, oh, oh you're absolutely. scared of, of new information because people are like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not scared of it. Like, I, I'll look at something different. It's like, no, you're not realizing it releases a little bit of anxiety. That's turbidity for your brain. And it doesn't like that because it burns calories and goes, oh, yeah, I don't know about that. Right. And and that causes you then to look at the situation differently, right? It, it, I now have this fear-induced emotion. Uh, anytime you're making decisions out of fear, uh, you're not making good decisions or it, it, depending on the context, maybe it is the right decision if it's a survival situation, right? Precisely. So, so meaning, meaning if you get a little bit of that anxiety, anxiety causes that fear without you realizing it, your, your brain is going, I, I don't want to hear this. This, this is not good news. I'm going to maybe put in some processes for you to not think about that, not worry about that and put up sort of a barrier. And, and yep. that's happening again, whether we realize it or, or, or not. And so how much it affects us is going to depend on the person and their exposure and their life experience and all that stuff and all kinds of different factors. But, but either way, even if you, you, you're, very uh, uh, open and willing uh, to consume contradictory information, you still have that running in the back of your head. Now, Precisely. it might maybe, maybe Greg, maybe I get more anxiety than you do because you've been doing this longer, but, but it's still affecting you too. And I, yeah, I think yeah. it's important so, to understand. So, no, no, that's a, a huge. So let's talk about that for a second. Your brain doesn't get anywhere when you second guess yourself. That's contrary no. to survival. Do you understand what well, I'm trying to say? It's contrary because to getting through your day, literally. That's right? the should I stay or should I go moment. Yeah. And your amygdala is great at that. Snap decisions that are generally better off for you because they follow a pattern of your life. That's what we built a business around, right? Human behavior pattern recognition. And if we analyze it, we can prove it scientifically. So the PFC is willing to do the risk reward. Hey, maybe I'll gain a little bit, right? So there's that constant struggle with this. And I'll give you, uh, uh, here's another uh, 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 Aristotle dilemma uh, called motivated reasoning, right? So scientists come up with motivated reasoning, yet another confirmation bias thing. And what does it mean? It means that you tend to cherry pick the facts that are going to fit your existing right. belief. Right. So let's talk about how that can spin wildly out of control. You live in a walk-up. And you've got some heavy items that you want to move from your current apartment to this walk-up. So you enlist the eight of your friends rather than hiring a moving company. Why? Because you know what? Uh, uh, you've been led to believe that your friends are going to be cheaper. And mm -hmm. guess what? They're going to work harder. And, yeah. Look, I, I understand that the, you know there's uh, 30 right angles and two 30-degree angles. But we'll be able to figure that out on the fly. And we wedge the gosh damn bed up in there. And we ruin the, the mm -hmm. uh, upright piano. People out there listening know exactly what I'm talking yep. about, but why do we continue with that course and then double down and just say, push it harder or tilt the couch this way rather than enlist the aid of the experts? Because Brian, when our wishes and our fears and our dreams and our hopes and our motivations, they work together to fool our brain. That's why you remember the story about the, the Marine jumping between the buildings. When you, you hear the story about the person that was able to do these amazing things, right. you've got to put yourselves in the time and the place and the chemical interactions that were going on. It's almost impossible to make that jump. But why did you do it? Because I think it would help our mission and therefore 
aspirationally, I think I can do it. And guess what? The brain's going, ah, fuck, let's go. And, and the idea, Brian, is you can't do that. That's the dilemma that is created between the PFC and, and, and the amygdala. And that's what we have to look out for when it comes to facts. So, so if we think that a person has explained it, for example, we've got five idiots standing there and all of them kneeling down around wolf shit and every single one of them is going, this is unusual. Look at the way that it reacts. Look at the sun and the angle. And there's no wolf here. Do you see what I'm saying, Brian? Yeah. Guess what? Now, all of a sudden, we have a, a, a faux, F-A-U-X, scientific explanation that's much more palatable than yes. me going back home. And guess and- what? Because wolves aren't in New York and Nebraska, we have a, a, a an easier time believing the horse shit. You see, even well, if it's patently untrue. So that's because kind of we get into these um, <clears throat> sort of uh, belief systems, right? So, so we, right. we we create them, and they can be completely yep. artificial. I can have an artificial belief system that if it's been working for me, it'll continue to work for me, and and we'll we'll stick to that despite you know any sort of contrary evidence again because we go all right well th- this is what works i want it to work i know it'll work if i believe it'll work and i believe this is the right way exactly. then, it, then it's going to and it's like well, right. well hang on like are we really yep. taking an objective view and like i said some people are really good at at countering those thoughts in specific contexts but it's hard to do that with everything that you do. And, and because that, that's a lot of calories to burn. And so those belief systems are typically what? It's typically about emotion. So if I have an emotion-based one or, or a belief system, like, and it makes me feel good, well, well then I'll, I'll, I'll just look at it. And then now I got to repeat everything that I said because it's, it's hard to, to uh, you know, uh, it, it creates um, that sort you of like really, a, turmoil, turbidity. Yeah, turbidity. Spot on. And, and it's like, yeah. it's like when we learn, um, you know, there's a, there's, there's an interesting book. It's, it's kind of difficult to read because um, it's actually so clinical, but it's called, I, I think I, I haven't seen the book, but I, I sent you the title a while back. It was called, um, Hemingway didn't say that. And this guy went through all right. these famous quotes and he he really tracked down in detail with specific references where they came from and how they've been misattributed over time, which sounds like a it's really interesting and super cool. It's just this is like almost like a technical manual the way the guy writes it. It's like so dry. You're like, dude, you could just tell a really good story here. But instead he's sticking. But I love that because he'll, he'll show you. And from here is where we can document it changed. But the idea is that gives me when I find out that my favorite, you know, hockey player didn't really wasn't really the first person to say that, you know, well, it kind of crushes my world a little bit, yep. Greg. And yep. I don't I don't want to believe that. I really want to believe that Gandhi said, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. But right. you now that's really like a paraphrase from something longer that he said. Right. Or, but or the this beauty is- of the matter is, is it utile? Can I use it? Okay. So be the, the change you want to yeah. see in the world is an incredible quote. Now, non-attribution, I can still use that quote and get through my day. But if I find out that my belief system, that it was Gandhi, and I built up this elaborate story around it, you're exactly right. Now, that challenges everything. If that can be wrong, what else can be wrong? If that's not true, yes. what well, else that, can be untrue? That, that, right? that's, the, that's the difficult part of accepting some of that stuff, because then Precisely. we think we think it attacks everything that we know. And it's like, well, no, it doesn't attack everything that you know. It just attacks this one part that you thought where it came from. 
but does it right. is it still logical is it still utile like you said is exactly. is it still an important thing to say well well yeah that's like when we've used a quote before someone said well well, actually, that technically comes from here. It's like you missed the fucking point. Like the point right. was that what is, is the point? What exactly. is the moral of the story or what's the takeaway? Right. Not right. did this happen in 1792 or 1798? That no, that right. detail is important if in court testimony, but for, for reasoning and use of the information, so, it's irrelevant. Does that let me, let but, me give but, you a couple that, of perfect but, examples and, and, and spot and, on? Yes. Because but but that same way of looking at it. Also, yes. kind of gets in the way of how we interpret, especially studies or data or anything like that, right? Politics. Then we go, yeah, that, that's it's what I'm saying. An analysis. You're yeah. exactly right. So, mm-hmm. look, there's an old wives' tale that says that how a female is carrying the baby indicates early on, before any tests are done, whether the baby is a boy or a girl. She's carrying the baby high. She's carrying the baby low. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Is it your first birth? Is it your second? Sometimes those wives' tales come from fact-based data where right. a midwife has seen hundreds of females give birth and the lion's share of the high ones were a female, and I might be getting it wrong, but it doesn't matter. But that's not science-based. That's statistics based on a person's experience. Right. So it's a form of experiential, right? but it's more on the tacit knowledge side because that person saw it themselves and passed it on as being a fact. Yes. Now- there's also that, listen, if you crave chocolate and gosh damn uh, scotch eggs, that you're going to have a baby boy or whatever. Scotch eggs. Now, I've had, uh, yeah, I've had I, scotch I, <laughs> I had that I'm like once. I thought it was really right like that. Exactly. I've only had it so, like once or twice. But anyway. You all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. The buck tooth kid is going to be great at math. Uh, the Whatever. There's some wives' tales somewhere. And some piece of information lingered long enough that people go, no, it's true. I heard that. So let me tell you how that shit turns into Bigfoot. So here you've got a bunch of Inuit, let's say, children that live in a harsh environment. There's the ocean. And we know we don't go swimming in the ocean, not only because of the temperature, but the ocean will eat you. So there's a lagoon. And the lagoon is a safer place. It doesn't have sharks. It doesn't have the, the riptides. You get what I'm saying, Brian? But that's what happens sometimes because we're in Alaska. Sometimes we have dense fog. So I look at my child and I go, I know how much fun it's swimming in the lagoon. I know how much fun it is swimming with your friends. But let me tell you something. When there's fog around the lagoon, you're going to miss the shore and you might stand a chance of drowning. So I don't want you going up there. I certainly don't want you going there alone. Now, because there's no consequences, Brian, and it's just the parent telling you, the kids are going to get together and they're going to go to that damn lagoon. Yeah. But now what I say is, there's a creepy old man that lives up there. Yeah. When the fog comes, that creepy yeah. old man comes out. And I tell you what, you got to keep your eye because he ate a kid's leg in 1957. Now, what I did, Brian, is I added a level of detail and complexity mm-hmm. that was in this story. And now some part of you goes, wow, I can believe that. I remember that one-legged kid that I saw at the fair. Okay. The idea is that I make it close enough to be plausible and it's memorable. What do we talk about in class? Making a sticky memory. So the story creates the sticky memory, but then people falsely believe it's true. Now, I could tell you about Krampus. I could tell you about right. uh, trigger warning, but, Santa Claus, uh, but, right? But, but that's do they endure? Yeah. Right? And, well, Are they and, utile? And, and, and because people then use it you for good or for evil or for whatever reason, you know, that's Precisely. the whole um, the serial killer who goes to make out point to the teenage kids. It's like exactly. that they're trying to get 
they're trying to stop high school kids from having sex they're and trying getting to lower pregnant. the STD that's rate. That's what, do- that's what that story was there for. It's complete exactly junk. Right. It's You're not exactly. it, it, it like that. That's the that's the thing. Um, but then because other, but then if you actually go to different uh, serial killer examples, like it's close enough to a that's story it. that is true, and we make that link. Well, yeah, but that's not unlike the Hillside Strangler, and they did. And it's like, well, no, no, it's it's completely different than that. Well, but but or what was it? The was it the not the Son of Sam or who I, for BTK or whatever who killed the couple who was by the lake? And it's like, well, yeah, but that that's this one Zodiac. thing. Yeah, yeah, Zodiac, 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 yeah, 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 spot yeah, on. Yeah, great, great, great get, memory. Get them, get them mixed up, but no, but, but you, the idea is 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 sound because what what happens is just like the coin flip. There's inescapable science, but what do scientists say? A good scientist is going to tell you if I'm given evidence to the contrary, I'm going to adopt the new evidence as long as it's been vetted and tested and socialized. But, and, and because listen, there was a time we thought the Earth was flat. Yeah. there was a time we thought well, the, the but, solar but, system rotated around but, the Earth. But, but still, time. people even thousands of years ago knew that the Earth was round. They're like, hey, we're 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 wrong here, and that's the ar- that's the argument. Yeah. Is people go, yeah, but you know. 10,000 or a couple thousand years before everyone realized that to be true, there were people out there saying it. So maybe this person is out here saying something that in a hundred years, right. we're going to look back and go, they were right. It's like, well, okay. But if I'm going to take an 80 year old woman and put her on camera yeah. and have her tell me a story of 75 years ago when they knelt down and told her there was a boogeyman in the woods, she's going to say it to me with conviction yes. because she's never had her belief system challenged and it's firmly entrenched in her brain's chemistry and in her emotions. And you'll so hear that she believes when it. you say someone goes, well, I know what I saw. It's like, yes, no, you don't. I mean, I, I know you're not lying. You're right. not being dishonest. You right. actually technically saw that because your brain said that's what you wanted to see. And it right. filled in the missing gaps of the information when what you actually saw was not very clear. And it's just getting into perception and and then those different cognition biases and perception biases that, that, that affect it. But, but, you know, you brought up, you started talking about the when we have that information or conflicting information. Yes. So even if it's not conflicting, it's how do we interpret data or how do we interpret uh, information points that that we learn? And and one good example is, you know, um, there's you, I, I read it and so do you ton of different studies and I, I look at different stuff for for different things that we're talking about and yes. the the. The, the good thing, what a study does is it might highlight some issue or give some insight or go, hmm, look at this. Its conclusions may not always be uh, uh, sound yet. If it's if it's lasted over time, uh, uh, great. And it still stands the test of time. I had that argument, too, with one of my professors one time where I was talking about um, uh, Yerkes Dodson and what they found right. out. And they're like, well, don't you want to use something newer? I was like, this still holds true today, a hundred fucking years later. So Precisely. why don't we start there? Did they get everything right? Well, no, but they 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 found this part out. So let's use this part that still holds true today. Because what'll happen is how we interpret this sometimes comes out how we want to see it. But but even even not even if it's our own biases, it's just literally how we look at uh, uh, some data. And there's was one that reminded me when you when you brought up the baby example was I think it was the Freakonomics guys. They 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 did this study or they they looked at all these different polls and and um, uh, different studies that people done and questionnaires that they had people fill out. And they talked to yeah. like new new parents who had a new baby, and they would find out you know how much 
what did you do to prepare for the baby? Did you read books? Did you do this? Right. And they look into it and then they look at how that baby develops over time and you know where it goes to and the success of it, all these different factors. And what they're trying to show is like, okay, do baby do reading baby books make you a better parent? You know, d- does that prepare you? And their argument was, well, you don't know. Is it the is it the information they're getting from the baby books, or is it because they're the type of person that would want to research the best way to do it and make a plan and go for it? So, so is it even the information that they're reading that's helping, or, or is it, or is it the process, or they're the You're type exactly of right. they're already that type of person? You know what I mean? So, so that's so, one way to just look at it. it, it Justin Kruger and David Dunning didn't mean you're, to come off as assholes. You okay. Two, your two favorite people. Our favorite people from Cornell, right? What they did is they tried to do a very good thing and they brought up great right. things that are on the periphery of confirmation yeah. bias that didn't need to be additional. Right. Number one is that we uh, 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 overinflate our own skills. We think that we're capable of so much more than we are and we think that our decision in a matter matters as much as a subject matter expert's opinion. And none of those things are true. They're borne out by science. So how can I prove that? Uh, uh, A restaurant chain uh, tried to compete with McDonald's, who had the quarter pounder, Brian. Yeah. And so they came to the market with a one-third pound cheeseburger. (laughs) Anybody remember A&W? Anybody remember (laughs) when that happened? And Americans looked at the numbers and thought one-third was less than one quarter, yeah, and the whole thing failed. Well, three no is a smaller number than four, Greg. So <laughs> that Brian is a science denier. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? That yeah. uh, didn't ask the local doper who can do dope math, which is the also known as the metric system. Yeah, and so what happens is confirmation bias 101, which is Dunning Kruger effect, and so many others, is that you are inclined to believe your own shit even in the face of adversarial information or or contrary information. And not only that, but the most important part is you tend to seek out information that confirms your belief and you get a dump of dopamine every time you find it. So if the article on television goes, uh, mysterious, what do you do? You point at the TV and go, see, see, that proves it. No, it's, it's, it's loosely related at best and it hasn't been researched or socialized yeah and that's the problem the, with, with dunning kruger well the, the funniest the, the, most ironic, the, 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 yeah, yeah. the funniest part about the whole fucking dunning kruger thing is the people who are using it they go oh that guy's clearly got dunning kruger and you're like no you fucking do like exactly. <laughs> like it's so funny exactly. it's the irony is just every time i see a meme about that or sometimes it's like just stop you're stop. back like, to the point of correcting me that it wasn't gandhi it's, it's it doesn't matter that yeah it wasn't it's gandhi, it's confirmation you know? bias but either way it, and, yeah. and I, it's important to understand that too is like it, it's not nefarious when people do that or they're not stupid or they're not assholes right when you teach me something greg and i'm really enjoy it or i think it's cool and i want to go out and tell everyone no no it's like this is how you do this i always think of like uh working with any younger uh, military like you know young marines or young soldier whatever and they're so confident in their abilities and they're so confident they can do this and you're like oh my god you don't even know what you don't know but but that's a good thing in that point because you want them to be confident what they are and you want them to have that. Like it's like the whole I, I got taught when it was first in the Marine Corps, you're not supposed to you're not supposed to rest your magazine on the ground when you're firing because it'll induce some sort of uh stoppage. And you're like, no, it fucking doesn't. Right. 
40 years ago with those old shitty Vietnam mags, where it was completely different. It could, but not today. Like that's junk. Right. That's, that's, complete. Well, well, but, but it's stuck around yeah. and someone wanted to thinking, I don't want this Marine to have some sort of stoppage in the middle of combat. I better instill this lesson in them. Like, even though the lesson is junk and bullshit, not right. it's not going to be a stable platform to sight in your target. Yeah. So don't do it. Yeah. But listen, we were working with the Marines. And a young E6 comes up to me right in the middle of my presentation because I was trying to explain to him how you could use a Kim's game to increase situational <laughs> awareness back in the combat. You know where you're and so I'm ta talking about Rudyard Kipling's Kim. Kim, yeah. And the E6 stops me and he goes, What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Kim, the Marines designed Kim. And I go, They did. And he goes, Yeah, it's keep in memory. And I go, What's the S for? Kim's game. And it was because Roger Kipling's Kim. Yeah. Okay. And he goes, no, that's keeping memory stupid. Yeah. And, and, and we laughed and laughed and Brian, he was willing to go to bat and fight me over it, that it was Marine uh, uh, invented it and wrote and, it. And, and I was thought it stood for keeping memory sniper. Oh my God. <laughs> and so here's a perfect example and of cognitive uh, immunization, cognitive sterilization. Yeah. We have to put to death those things that disagree with our point. So look, I'm big boned. That's why I'm fat. <laughs> yeah. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Now, listen, yeah. I have, uh, I have something intolerance, insert, whatever, yeah. you know, it's uh, genetics. There. and, and, uh, it's genetics, I, I Greg. Think, uh, I don't have I a think chance of uncle Buck where, where he's talking and he says, I've been eating a lot of cheese. Do you think that's it? You remember uncle Buck? Maybe it's the hat. He yeah. always had something, Brian, that was in the back of his, that mind. was his hat. You know, some people, I really piss people off sometimes. Sometimes it's the hat, you know, it's just the hat. So, they don't like the hat. And, <laughs> Don't let the facts get in the way of a perfectly good story. And and what, what's happening is that your conviction is so uh, 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 overpowering and compelling that other people around you start believing your stuff. And and longevity takes place. Yeah. Grandma and wouldn't tell me about this if it that, wasn't true. And right? that's that's the that's the 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 firing from the mag example I just gave. Yes. That that yes. may have been true. Uh, 40, 50 years ago, but it's not yep. today. And it wasn't when I close. learned it. And and so those things, um, and again, that's because someone was trying to do the right thing. They were trying to set me up for success, not what doesn't have to be something negative. But, you know, we we often, you know, we... we we're, we're, we we like to stick with what we know, and and I know we we don't Chemically. have to get into yes, yep. and we don't have to get into super a lot of detail there. But like one of the domains that's what you we we teach is heuristics and understanding how you process information. You know how even your your working memory affects your vision. I mean more so than than Absolutely. the or as much as the light that's in the room because you you start filling things in. Your brain wants to expect. Uh, um, it wants to determine the outcome before it happens, so it'll fill in information. And we go on our own biased, subjective experience in life because every single human being is walking around with their own view of the world and how things are. Precisely. And you do not see it like another person. You always give the great example of watching the Jason Bourne movies and everyone sees them as what? The protagonist, Jason Bourne, who's kicking yep. ass. No one goes, hey, see that guy picking up the dishes in the restaurant in the back? Exactly. That's me. That's me. It's, I want to be that Nobody in a movie on a date has ever had that conversation, so, Brian. Side note, I, I always I, thought it'd yeah. be funny to be like a person who's in family photos in different movies. You know how right. like they're, they're like being a scene, there's family photos. I thought it'd be hilarious if like you were the person in the family photos. I just, yep. side note. Oh, on that's that. hilarious. <laughs> <But> like, so <laughs> Brian, when, when I took over as uh, uh, the 
chief of police in that mountain town, uh, uh, and I had my desk uh, put in the bullpen rather than had the office, and I used the office for the interview room. And everybody goes, what are you doing? You know, chief has their own office, and it's like, nah, I'm with you. I'm just another copper, right? And so on my desk, I only use two types of photos, photos of other people's wives and children or the photos that came with the photo case that I bought at Walmart. And people would walk by and go, who's that? Your kids? And I go, no, that's JC's wife and kids. That's and they go, well, who's that? And I go, I don't know. I bought that frame at Walmart. It's a nice Why? frame. Just to, be, just to be unsettling. Yeah. Look, uh, uh, Stanford uh, uh, History Education Group did a great study in 2016. And what they demonstrated during a very uh, uh, large uh, and broad study that was socialized well and vetted, that middle school, high school, and college kids were terrible at, uh, at, at uh, evaluating the quality of online information. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were using to support all of their arguments. So if you have an unstable foundation, go back right. to the Bible, go back to uh, the code of Sumer, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Then your house is going to collapse. It cannot stand. Hey, there was an American politician that used that. Uh, uh, the other example, very recently, uh, uh, they did two different groups, uh, and, and it went down the red and blue political lines, and they had a study of a gun control ban. They gave right. both parties... The the exact same Exit, study, yeah. but guess what? Their political views adversely affected how they interpreted the results. So even if the results showed one thing, they the tendency was for them to say, yeah, but what that really means is, and interpret the data to support their the, conclusion. And, and, so just knowing yes. that, just knowing that helps you in negotiations. Just knowing that helps you talk to your wife or your kids or your significant other. Just knowing that will make you shut the hell up when you're having one of those arguments about religion or politics, well, but do it, we? But do we? You know, no, it, because it, no. it it takes it takes a little bit. And you know what? There's the, the great example that the movie uh, I was telling you about that Moneyball, where about the Oakland A's and Billy Bean and exactly. all that. Then got adopted by everyone's doing it. You know, it's it's a great movie if you want to see it, anyone. But it's um, you know, we we're talking about baseball, and they're just they they took a 100% data approach, which anyone knows anything about baseball it's a yep. it's it's math like baseball is math it's all about percentages and averages and numbers and and the 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 laws of large numbers and what you do that's why people will go and tell you like there's no such thing as a slump when these guys get in the, oh they're in a hitting slump like no they're not like this is over time it's right back to flipping the coin exactly. over time they've been so hot they've been hitting 800 all season they have right. to hit 100 for a while in order for it to average out, it just it just over time that's what's going to occur. You can't take a small snapshot. But the the whole thing was there's a great scene because in that movie uh, uh, Moneyball because you got these old school you know uh, guys who've been who've been scouting talent their whole life and they're building baseball teams off that they get big good money to go to all over the country and find these players right. And they're going, ah, you know, but this guy doesn't look like a ball player. No, I look at him. He does. And that's that's what a pro like they're using all of these these yep. horrible methods to gauge it because it's cognitively close enough to someone they did find that worked out really well, that did go on to an amazing career and was a good yes. find. But they, they're looking for that mold where you had the other side. This is just some kid going, well, here's the numbers of what we need. I need a batter that hits over 275 and can play the outfield. I need that. And they just took the whole math side of it and looked at what are the numbers. And like, yep. wait, you got all these ragtag different people. You know, this isn't a big hitter here. It's like, I don't need one of those. I need one of these. Well, this guy is like <clears throat> a relief pitcher, but he's not the best. It's like, I don't need him to do the best. I just need him to hit this 
this many saves over the course of the season. And I know mathematically that means I that's going to put me over the edge of my closest competitor. So when they stuck with pure numbers, they went, holy crap. Well, well, that changed the way you looked at players that changed the way everything, because we had this faulty way, this, this, I call the, the good old boy way of doing it. Oh yeah. He's one of the good old boys. You know what I mean? It's like, no, no, you, you have to show, show me the numbers, show me the data, but, but that's how we are as humans. That's it's the hair on the, the hair on the back of my neck stood up when you gave that example, because you started explaining that to me yesterday, we had a different conversation and it's so apropos that you brought it to this conversation, but I'll tell you this. Cops show up because we dial 911. Cops show up to the most ambiguous environments and have to draw information quickly and sometimes get gunned down before they even put their scout car in park. It's literally the definition of the term VUCA that they use. Volatile, uncertain, chaotic, and ambiguous. Always. Okay. Now, we know that there's a gap somewhere because we know that uh, a determined enemy can kill a cop. And what do we do? We mistakenly attribute the why instead of looking at the how. And what I mean by what you just said, okay, is I see all the time these people and I hear them say it and I see them put it online that a determined opponent, this and that and the other. And they say, okay, well, you know, you got this uh, MMA fighter and, you know, he's really well trained, but a street fighter would just turn his ass inside out. No, you're drunken, shitty, undisciplined, uh, uh, eating crap food, unhealthy asshole has to ambush to gain the right. advantage on that person. Right. So if they rabbit punch you or when you walk away, stab you in the back or hit you with the bottle, because there's rules in the other realm. So the cops are still playing by the rules. Society demands that. The yeah. Supreme Court rules on constitutionality. Right. Lower courts rule on your behavior compared to a standard. And that standard is deliberate, Brian. It's not yes. ambiguous, yeah? And then all of a sudden you get a copper that's going into a situation thinking it's us versus them. It's good versus evil. I can outthink or outrun or outshoot the person. And it doesn't matter because guess what? The other person isn't playing by the same set of rules. No, they're, they're not. not playing by that dynamic and that's exactly what we're talking about so we have to if we're going to address how cops are getting killed we have to address that we have to address the belief system because if your belief system is faulty as the cop going into the situation and your belief system is faulty as that kid on the street with the gat in the pocket listen brian it's inevitable that those two things are going to come together and cause a right harmful or or fatal event yes you you get my point just yeah. based on your statistics analysis of baseball game yes so you know yeah that that's, that's wow we, we don't well in that in your example we're still not that police officer isn't using the data example they're using the this is what i was neither uh, is the academy there there's well they're using the uh, I've been scouting baseball players my whole life, and I picked out some winners. Example, because that works most yep. of the time, but but it's in a different. I've been in realm. seven foot chases. You right, know what I'm this works to say. every time. I've been it's in thirty-five like, police pursuits. But that goes back. That goes back to flipping duty. the coin. That goes back exactly. to flipping the coin. Each one That's is a new I'm set saying. of probability. So when I flip the coin one time, I got a fifty, and I bet heads, I got a fifty-fifty chance. Right, yep. I do it again. I still got a 50-50 chance. I do it again. It doesn't even if it matter how long my streak number. is. Yeah, That's it, the point. Each That's one is point, its own Brian. set of so, probability. So, so it, 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 and, and, and the, I, I agree that 
one, the public doesn't understand that at all in these cases. Yes. Uh, the the police the understand it a little count. bit, right? right. Uh, meaning, yeah, yeah, that's the that's that's online debates right there. That's the third versus quarter powder. That's what you see all you the time. It. But uh, but uh, uh, but but we don't look at that as each set of its own set of circumstances, the own uh, uh, determination probability wise of what it could, what the outcome could be and how you affect that. So that's kind of what, what we're saying with, with how to compute that because uh, how do I defeat the fact, right? How do I, how do I not fall into that same trap? How do I not become the old scout that goes, you know, Hey, I, I found this guy. He's a ball player. Look at him. He's tall. He's got the right build. He's got these real athletic looking. It's like, what the fuck is he's athletic looking? Look. Well, athletic he's looking. Got look. yeah, yeah. He's got the look. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's, you're coming it's, on to me. And, and we do that because it's Sometimes comfortable. Sometimes it's the hat. Right. And we fall, we, we fall into that trap. And but, so, explain, Brian. Explain why it's comfortable. It's comfortable because it releases endorphins. It releases well, chemicals and electrochemical signals that that make yeah. your brain feel safe in that environment. Because feel I feel more secure. Especially, well, especially if it's a, a volatile, uncertain, chaotic, ambiguous environment. I need exactly. an anchor. I need something to cling to to go. All right, uh, this is a little crazy. I haven't seen this before, or you know what? I've seen something close enough. It looks just like this. You know what? That's what I'm going to do. And and well, many of the times, that's probably the correct thing to do. But but it, 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 it you can't always weigh it against your past experiences. You have to determine what from that past experience works in this situation, what doesn't work in this situation, and how can I approach this. Not as a template match, because this goes into, hey, when this occurs, you will you have three choices. You can do A, B, or C. No, prototypically, how do I reach around in my brain with everything that I've accrued throughout my life and apply uh, the right algorithm right here? You're back That's to heuristics. That's what we're trying to do. Spe- specifically and accurately, a perfect street definition. I would go one step further, Brent. I would say that you have to be able to pay it forward. So in other words, the lessons that you learn have to be uh, utile in a variety of situations. Yes, they address this situation, but what did I learn from this situation that I can use in future situations? Like, for example, that not all pursuits end uh, 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 in a wreck and a fatality, but some do. Uh, Not all shootouts... you know, I'm going to shoot the hand that's holding the knife rather than center mass, even if I train. And what I'm trying to say is, Brian, what you don't want to do is you don't want to muddy the water with uh, extraneous information. But what you want to do is you want to take a look at the situation and the choices you made and be very critical on what worked and what so, didn't so I can use it again. Right. Because if and, not, every every uh, uh, skin knee is going to be a new learning experience, right? And, and, and we can't so, do that. So this gets into how do I counteract all these things, right? And that's through that, that yes. you know, obviously, the training process. But to, yes. to, to kind of highlight that, I want to start with, there's, again, one of the, you know, there's, there's some great examples out there. Um, they've done this study in a number of different ways. But one of the ways you'll have like a, a psychologist will set up a study and it'll take a bunch of people and find out what their attitude is on a specific topic, right? So let's yep. say that's gun control. Let's say that's abortion. Let's say that's some some emotion, emotionally hot charged topic. hot yeah, button yeah. topic. And they'll gauge, they'll say, a, create a survey, however long, you know, one to five scale, one to seven scale, rate how you feel about this, rate how you feel. And so get a baseline for that individual. All right, here's where we are. So you're very, uh, you're, you're, you want, um, you're anti-gun and you want as much gun control measures. You know what, Greg, you want to repeal the second amendment. Yep. And what they'll do is I'll take you, Greg, and go, okay, I've got your baseline data. Got it. Here's what you need to do. You're going to write me a 500 or thousand word essay 
on um, on on why we don't need gun control, why the Second Amendment is the most important amendment, and you have that right. I want you to go do that. Well, what does that have to do? You, it forces you to take on a different perspective that's contrary to your beliefs. So this is the point of this was they give you that assignment. Then once you turn in your assignment, Greg, I'm going to retest you. I'm going to get see where your beliefs are uh, from that baseline test. And guess what they always find? That measurement changes a little bit. My, yes, now, for some more than others, but it changes yep. how strong your conviction is in your beliefs because you were forced to take on the opposite side and the opposite role. And now that that's just an example of how this stuff works because if you've never seen that, you've never taken the other side, it, it's very difficult to do. Uh, but that's what training sort of should be. It's okay. I'm going to, I mean, don't we do that to some people? Like we piss some people off sometimes in a class, but it's okay. And Brian, yeah, but listen, it, for, it's for literally on purpose, years, not to F with them. It's for, to, no. to prove a point for over 50 years. We've been talking about taking someone else's uh, uh, perspective and opinion. It's and, and still lost concept on some so people. difficult quick example. So a uh, 15 year old kids got an illegal gun driving a stolen car. So we've got a property crime. We've got a weapons offense and we got a kid that hasn't established right and wrong, good and evil very well yet because his brain is still growing. Now all of a sudden the red and blues come on, freeze, don't move. Do I dump the gun? Do I run with the gun? Do I run and dump the gun? Do I pull the gun to try to scare the people off? Do I hit the gas? pedal? all these decisions are going through this untrained brain. Yeah. Okay. Now, would I have to hear from a trained cop that gives me shit because of my opinion? Yeah, well, the kid shouldn't have been in a fucking stolen car. He shouldn't have had the gun in the first place. I understand your yeah. rudimentary point. Yes. But the fact of the matter is that the kid was in the car, yeah. so, and it's at night, so it and it's that, in like, progress. Like that, that, well, so, the, so, those, those things that people argue are assumed. Yes, you're not yes, supposed to do that. Yes, that's a little great. But we so, can't go like, back. You know, yeah. uh, the, the, the person drowned. Yeah, well, they should have learned how to swim. Yeah, you get it. But, no but shit. <laughs> your knee-jerk, ridiculous belief perseverance ass is, is, is fighting against logic. And Dunning-Kruger, don't sue me. I want you to listen to something. We have science <laughs> Dunning deniers. and Kruger. I want you to listen. Both, both. Uh, 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 we have science deniers, which comes from the camp of science denial, which means that science is sketchy. Not everybody understands it, and you're mystifying me because I don't fully understand the the thing, and I didn't really read it anyway. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I just scanned the headline. Then we've got the illusion of explanatory depth people, uh, uh, and you know what they say? They say, "Listen, uh, the more." bullshit I throw out there and the deeper that conviction is that sooner or later you'll read it. Uh, 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 I can't name the guy because I don't see it, but the water of life was on television. And if I send you this drop of water and you rub it on your hands, the next check in your account is going to be 50,000. They made that, that Steve Martin made that movie about that. And right right now some religious fundamentalist is going to say, fuck (laughs) you, I'm going to kill you. No, listen to what's happening. Those are both sides of the confirmation bias coin. We don't need a new description of it. What we need is humans to understand that it happens. Because if we understand that right now I'm getting bent out of shape over this thing or this thing or this thing, and we just take a step back and give ourselves a gift of time and distance, it's really not that important. It's really something that we can get past. It's really something that I can go, you know what? This kid doesn't want to go to jail tonight. He's, he's a little drunk. He's a little high. Mom doesn't know he's out with the, the neighbor's car. Do you get what I'm trying to say? But we don't do that. Why? Because confirmation bias is a strange bitch that's so tight that wants us to believe our own crap, and it's reinforced every single day that we're awake and we live. We live today. Why, Brian? Yeah. 
not because the environment was easier today, but because we're the smartest predator on the planet. Holy shit. If I hear one more people, uh, person tell them <laughs> that they're a warrior and an apex oh, predator God. and all that other stuff, oh, stop geez. it. You're overvaluating. And that's not Dunning-Kruger. What, what that is is confirmation bias. Well, that's, Your own yeah, biases yeah, are that's, confirming that's uh, also uh, information a, that is unsupportable. A I high can. level of societal douchebaggery, uh, yeah, yeah, I believe, is the scientific Brian, term. Guess what, <laughs> guess what we do? You're exactly right, but guess what we do? We praise those folks. Right. And online, now, you get a following. So that makes you think that you're right. Right. You get what I'm trying and, to say? And that's, that's the issue you do see. Come on. Even with people, Greg, who are um, uh, subject matter experts or very well-respected in one area, yeah. when I see them go wrong or when I see they get criticism is because they try to take that into some other domain where they're not. Yeah. A perfect example, that guy, he's the Harvard guy, Steven Pinker. He, he did the whole studies of memetics and he's written a ton of incredible stuff. He's the one going like, hey, look, if you, by all measurement, human life has gotten better, not worse, like we're better. Yes. Like, But he, but he, he's a brilliant guy and he's, a, I think, a neuroscientist as well. I, he does a few things, but um, you know, very well respected, taught at Harvard, all this stuff, has the bona fides. And then he goes, really, you know, some ridiculous, stupid opinion about what should happen in Ukraine. And, you know, why don't we just move the nukes out of Europe? Because uh, it's in that way, Putin will see it as a win. He's trying to go, Putin will see that as a win, but we can still defeat them and they'll end this war, blah, blah, blah. And everyone yep. was like, okay, so you don't know one foreign policy 101. You don't understand right. how nuclear deterrence works. You don't, it was just like such right. an ignorant way of looking at it from a very brilliant person because what? They step sort of outside and go, well, hey, I'm really good here. I'm getting really popular and everyone likes my opinions. Well, why don't I give one on this one? It's like, well, well hang on, man. Like that, that but was- we, we have to be cognizant that that's our default yes. in our primitive brain. And once we accept that, training will change and get better. People will be less anxious and angry over everything, and they'll get better. People will stop scanning headlines or believe. Look, the entire idea of naming something fake news gives us yeah. an out. Yeah. It gives yeah, us yeah, yeah. an excuse to support what? confirmation bias well, so fake news is just like calling it dunning kruger fake news is confirmation bias it's it, written by a person to manipulate your opinion to yeah. gain an advantage in a situation it, it's that misinformation and disinformation has been around for a word. long long Precisely. long time uh and this, it, well, and come on. well even if you go back to um you know that's why i always re recommend that book the uh writing on the wall of uh social media the first Great 2000 book. years because the guy goes back he goes look you understand like in ancient rome they would come out and they would put the news on the wall or whatever the Senate hearing was, whatever they came out with, and they'd post it for everyone to read. Well, not everyone could read back then. So you, someone had to read it to you. And sometimes yeah. that would get changed. But guess what else was popular back then? Hey, I want to hear what Greg has to say about this. So we write letters and, hey, my buddy Greg, he this is was his interpretation of it. And that was popular. Well, that's a pundit. Like, that's all the same You've shit got that it. happens today. And we put and our why do we say don't it. kill the messenger? <laughs> right. And why exactly. do we play the telephone game, Brian? Yeah, it, because it's, it proves all of the same conclusive evidence that's been around. And like my dear friend Brian Marin says, hey, good things stick around. Good ideas have longevity. And, and here, what we're trying to say is that if the information, look, you don't have to change your belief system. But if there's contrary information, at least 
if the information that's contrary to you is based in fact and logic and science, at least open your mind that it, it exists. It, because and you it's not to the contrary. You cannot tell me and, and, that UFOs exist because we haven't proven they right. haven't. Right. Okay, yes, that's not that's what I'm not saying. What I'm trying to say is that you need to step back. You have your brain so to the time and distance. So the, and then and, and that's my other thing is like, well, so what? What the hell am I supposed to do about this? Because we just talked about all those different things we talked about are tied to survival. So you're like, well, right. I'm fucking wired this way. What am I supposed to do? And so it's kind of like what you were just mentioning. I mentioned about the whole study of writing a you know a, a, an essay that counters your opinion. You're you don't right. have to do Read all that more, stuff. Study but more, but the, the well the the idea is is rather than trying to weigh out all the evidence on every single issue that people are talking about. You know, just understanding your own belief system and where it comes from doing the, well, wait, why, why do I feel this way about this topic? Yes. Why is it that it, this makes me upset? Why does reading this make me upset? What, what, and you can just be introspective to, you know, man, I've got these little triggers that I didn't even realize were happening. It has nothing to do with this story or what's going on here. Yep. This is internal. And when you can sort of focus on those and, and, you know, because it's like the, Everyone wants change, but no one wants to change, right? So it's who wants change and everyone raises their hand and goes, who specifically wants to change themselves? Well, fucking no one wants to do that. So if you can kind of start that process of looking at why you think of your own beliefs that way, you know, that's the way to do it. You know, I love it when we're in class too and we get, you know, one of those questions, a really good question from a student or someone that that sort of counters what we're saying because why? It goes fuck, I have to do a better job of explaining my yep. my opinion on that, or I have to do a better job of explaining my process on that and why I think it's better than what you brought up. Or And it gives me insight to, it makes it only makes us better, right? To go, well, well yep. what about this? So I, I was, you know, again, looking at how do you, how do you change a cognitive process that you have no control over? Well, step one, you can't. Step, yep. step two is you can, affect it though it's right? ambitious you can, you know, it's I mean, ambitious you can you you, you, you can, can push it around yeah you can't I, stop I, a tornado brian you, you, you no know but you can say? get out of you his can't path. stop the tempest you can yes. predict it better you can understand and tell the other effects. people that yeah. the tornado is coming and, and yeah. not just let them get crashed into it I, I, i'll tell you this and it's it's a close spiral uh, uh i don't understand b-logs and i don't understand how people are on social media all day long just sniping at each other. Don't they have fucking jobs? I mean, I don't yeah. get it sometimes, Brian. But I but I read one, and the person was talking about intellectual acumen. They were talking about uh, uh, arguing with the person and saying, just because you're smarter than me doesn't mean your opinions are more important. Well, <laughs> well in a specific context, yeah. <laughs> from opinion-based testimony, it actually does. You know, so, so you need to take a step back from that for a minute. And then the next person that wrote in was, yeah, I heard there was a lot of smart people in the Nazi party. There you go. <laughs> okay. Well, Great, well-researched That's argument. Now, Brian, I, I, shut off the computer, like, there's no... I shut off the computer and went out in the yard because I was like, if this is what passes for intellectual optimism or, or skepticism today, I don't want to be a part of it. But you get where I'm going. I mean, that's what makes people my age and older afraid, Brian. Right. You guys right. understand that it's just that way that communication. No, and that's that's a that's scary to me when I, I told read. you normally I don't get into the this generation and generation stuff because most of those conversations are fucking horseshit. And guess what? Right. Every generation has said about the new generation. All oh, these yeah, damn course. kids these days, they're yep. 
Plato wrote about it. Plato wrote about how he was becoming embarrassed to be Greek because the next generation. Okay. So if that were the case where each successive generation is worse than the last one, we'd be fucking dead. We wouldn't be here anymore. So so obviously that's not the case. But when you're talking about things like this and how people deal with it, absolutely. Because you see something in print and from your uh, your life and how things work in typical discussions, when you see a comment, one, when you read, you know this, when you read something out loud and write it down, it's much different than what's happened in the conversation, right? When Precisely. something, it's different what you say over the radio. And then when it gets read out aloud in court, you're like, oh, that doesn't, that doesn't sound very good. Right. Um, but, but so that it's taken out of context sort of, but it's also a different way of looking at things where you would look at it and go, how the fuck can this guy say it? Where I'll look at it as like, this guy's a clown. Like you don't, you don't. Right. Right. But, but again, my context yeah. has always been in right. testimony but in scientific and, and, arenas and not, not just life experience. Greg, that's a generational difference too. Yes. I, no, I, I, I agree. agree. You know? I agree. Yeah. And, and what I'm saying is, is from everything that has tainted and touched me, <laughs> I respond in kind <laughs> uncle. <laughs> uh, uh, but when we talk about being subjective and, and rationalizing things, do you know what? That's confirmation bias. Yeah. So I don't need somebody else to name Greg and Brian's Aristotle dilemma because that's exactly what it is. So what I'm saying is that the words that come out of your mouth now, you may have to walk them back in an hour from now if you didn't consider things. So I'm not saying uh, homeostasis means we, we're neutral. We don't move forward. Right. What I'm saying is that we'll move forward better, more efficiently and efficaciously yeah. if we're uh, informed. And training is a form of taking information and making it uh, make relevant, making it, yeah, operationalizing, yeah. making it relevant, make it useful. I agree. Right? Take, I take that, agree. take that wonderful. I mean, this is why I talk about that and use some of those examples from some of those great books we've read. It's like, okay, this is what that means today. What this author was saying about how communication happened during uh, in ancient Rome. That's right. no look at look at what we do today. It's it's not unlike that. So what did they do back then to deal with it? Uh, did they deal with it? Well, how, what have we learned from that? It's just more examples of it. So I think that that's a that's a good point. And I think I'm going to put on to the listeners as an assignment. I think two things we need we need two two uh I, all right we need to know define the Brian and Greg effect and the Greg and, and the Greg and Brian effect. Yeah, I feel like no, I like that. Ones. I like that. There are <laughs> so we'll put it on them because we already have listeners. That. Shout out to uh to the Distinguished Savage to Walt down in Texas. If you guys want to check out the Distinguished Savage podcast, it's awesome. But our buddy Walt started the Royal Order of Homophily, which are Greg fans, and so, so and there's three of them. You know, it's three more fans than I have. So yeah, you know. you're right. You're right. Well, hey, uh, uh, on a, that's on including side, my family you know, too. So I, on your Patreon, on our weekly, Brian, yeah, uh, I I sent you that video this morning that our consigliere uh, uh, Sean yes, sent. Yes, I did. Right it's in brutal. line yeah, with yeah, yeah, our yeah. Uh, like you said, uh, the Joe's comments from earlier. Comment. Yeah. So let's let's do this. Let's break that down for the okay. folks on the Patreon I because agree. I'll tell you what, it's it's uh, frightening. Yeah. And Joe Reed, if you're if you're listening to the podcast, it's exactly what we were talking about on our uh, emails the last couple of uh, uh, days. So, uh, Brian, and it fits hand in glove with what we just talked about. Confirmation bias. We walk into a scene. Somebody says the person has a gun and we don't see the gun. Uh, we don't anticipate the danger. Why? Because over time, three times in the same night, we get the same call to the same place. There's just... There's problems, folks, and training is going to set you free. Open your brain. Open your eyes, but open your brain, too. Situation awareness is not enough. It's the critical thinking 
that goes with being a, a good and valid human that's more important. I yeah, really Pers- perspective is everything, right? Um, or is so. this? Is, yeah, is it? Relevance. Is it? Is it perspective or is it bias or or is it? You know, I mean, that's... is it reality or your preferred reality? Yeah. I mean, simply break it down, right? You know, yeah. because that's 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 the problem. And and you know what? Sometimes your preferred reality is wrong, uh, but it's your comfort zone, and you got to step out of it. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, uh, um, spot to sort of bring it in for a landing. So thanks um, everyone always for for tuning in, and remember to reach out. Uh, left of Greg at gmail.com. Of course, we got the Patreon site as well. We have it's it's only a few bucks and we put all kinds of extra content on there. And like Greg was talking about, sometimes some some videos or some breakdowns and some lessons, stuff like that 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 we discuss on here. We can go into some more detail and use some uh, actual videos or photos because it's all video based on there for for those lessons. So you can check that out too. Um, any any final comments, Greg? Thanks everybody for uh, celebrating my birthday with me. Uh, your kind words uh, overwhelm me. Thank you. All right. Well, don't forget everyone that training changes behavior. That's all for today, folks. But if you'd like even more content, you can head over to our Patreon page. The link can be found in the episode details. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, follow us on social media, and please tell your friends about the show. Thanks for tuning in and thank you for your support.